0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now join Kevin Hart as he dives, he dives into, into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world!
1: Welcome to a new episode of Comedy Gold Minds, where we do what, hmm? You know what I'm asking you to do, right now, in your car, one, two, three. Get inside the minds of amazing comedians. Oh my God, it feels so good when we say it together. Don't leave me, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about my listeners. I need you, I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode will be no different than any of the other. Not an amazing mind, but a good mind. Oh, God. Not a clever mind, but a funny mind. <laughs> one, of my, one of my closest friends in this thing that we call comedy. I want you to welcome David Arnold to Comedy Gold Mines. What's going on, David?
2: David A. Arnold is my name.
1: David A. <laughs> David A. Arnold. Cleveland, Ohio's own.
2: You know what's crazy is I have listened to most of your interviews on here. Mm-hmm. And the introduction continues to grow and grow and grow. And you just now you got call and repeats. I don't what 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 is going on, Kevin?
1: It's a show. It's a show. I'm having a good time. You know, David, this is this is the thing. I'm at a point in my life. Where I'm doing things to relieve stress. Yes. And there are certain types of dialogue. Yes. That do that for me. Yes. I, I'm not going to a therapist yet. I keep I, I, <laughs> I've put it yet. off for years, but I think yeah, I'm, I don't know. It may be in my future. I think I've held it off too long. Oh,
2: Kevin, let me tell you something. You 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 ain't got but two choices. Especially you married and you you had some you had some more kids. So you 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 yeah, you I'm really go.
1: go. Oh, it's coming. You trust me, it's coming. <laughs> I'm breaking down. I'm at the point where I'm saying shit to myself like, you know, this is ridiculous. I can't be this this is not I'm not this bright. I I'm not like I think somebody's playing a trick on me. Either either my household is pranking me forever. Forever. My wife, yeah, something something my friends, my oh. my business partners, it's all falling apart. Um David Arnold, like I said, man, you are Cleveland, Ohio's own, a proud Cleveland mm-hmm. native you are. Um, David, for our listeners, the, one of the most important questions that I feel like they need to know, how long have you been doing comedy, sir? Uh,
2: 28 years
1: now. 28 years now. 28. Because I know you. Yeah. I'm I'm going, to, of course, talk like I know you, but there's right. certain things that I feel like you're going to need to say. So I yeah. don't want to I don't want to be too, too comfortable with you. But right. I do know that all 28 years of comedy were not good years. I want to start off with the dark years because we're going to end in the light. Um, <laughs> we're going to end in the light because we've got an amazing light to talk about right now. Out of those 28 years, man, um, what do you feel? What do you feel was your. Hmm, what was the most pivotal moment in comedy for you? Where it was like, it's either this is gonna work or it's not gonna work, but a decision has to be made now.
2: Wow, you know what? One of the most pivotal moments in comedy for me came really early. Well, well I can say this honestly. From the moment I decided to do stand-up, I never thought about quitting ever since then. Like, even when nice. it was hard, I never thought about, oh, I maybe I shouldn't have, or maybe this ain't going. That's never been it. I think the pivotal moment came for me when I got picked up as a pay regular at the Comedy Store on my very first and only showcase for Mitzi. I got picked up as a main room pay regular from meeting her to the top of whatever the status at the Comedy Store could be. That was a- What was that pay? Like how much money? Yeah, what was the pay? shit kevin i don't know like 20 dollars, nothing 20 dollars. it wasn't about well me. my
1: listeners need to know it dude. yeah like here's the okay thing. don't talk to them like they know this world they okay. don't well they need I mean, to know it
2: well this is the thing when you get picked up at a place that is iconic and world famous as the comedy store it's like the cellar it's like the biggest most iconic comedy clubs in the world this is where the best of the best go to work out it's the gym of stand-up and you i could go up which I did many a night, right after Eddie Griffin, right after Dice Clay, right after Paul Mooney. Like you were in the pond with the big dogs. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So to go from showcase very first meeting Mitzi to right on the main room stage was a big deal that I did not even realize was a big deal until eight years later, because I knew nothing about comedy. I just knew wow. I was there. And when I got it, I was like, oh, this might be real. I think I can make something happen doing this stand-up.
1: Did you consider yourself a good comic at the time? Mm, Looking back, you know, in the moment, I think
2: every moment we are in the moment, Kevin, we think we we are the best that we are in that moment. Like, if you look back at the very first stand-up special Mm -hmm. you did, you know what I'm saying? You'll go in that moment When you walked up the stage that night, you was like, I killed that shit. If you look back now, you might be like, I could have got more off of that joke. I could have got more off, like you, we grow every single time we hit the stage as storytellers and comedians. So I would say I was the best that I could be in that moment. You know what I mean? I thought that I was good. I went up there and showcased and expected it.
1: I asked you that because you said you were in, you were in the pond with the big fish. Right. Like you you were in there. So I I remember when I first got to New York and I saw what's considered to be the big fish and I realized I sucked. Yeah. Oh, yes. There was a realization. I'm not I'm not a good Comedian, one hundred percent. Like and what I what I thought was a good comedian, or what I thought I was, because I was getting the laughs, and because it seemed that I was making some, you know, making some ground. Right. I was I was gaining some steam. Um, when I got into a space where I saw the true, the true way to deconstruct a joke and yes. bring it back, and, say, and I was like, oh god,
2: Bill, levels, layers. Yeah, what
1: what the fuck am I doing?
2: Well, I definitely, I'm going to tell you when I first time I saw that. When I came during a time at the comedy store, which was the first, you know, bit major club that I got in, where I was going up behind Eddie Griffin, who was there a lot. And Eddie would come into the club at 1030. I was supposed to go in, let's just say, at 1045, right? Eddie would come in at 1030. The comedy store is the only club that stays open until 2 o'clock in the morning. They put comedians up from 8 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the morning every 15 minutes. And Eddie would go in, come in and bump me. Which comedians who had status could do. You know what I mean? You walk in, you want to go up, you go up. And I would say this
1: one, this one Eddie Griffin was
2: this, cracking. This is when Eddie Griffin He's, was right. Yeah, it was it he was he was murdering. And yeah, this, yeah. this nigga went on stage, and I didn't see him do this one time, Kevin. I saw him do this several dozen times. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating. And I would sit, he would go on at 10:30 and he would come off at 145. I would watch him do three, three and a half hours. And I remember all the comedians that were there, everybody who was coming on that he bumped, right? All the lineup would be pissed. They would leave. Something about me made me sit and watch every single one of them. Because what I needed to know was how you can be so comfortable in your craft that you can even stay in that moment. For three and a half hours That's like if somebody's it's a long time it's a long
0: time, a is, long time. Is,
2: is he killing the whole three and a half no but is he engaged absolutely and that was when I started to realize like you said I got a long way to go mm-hmm. to be great at this thing called stand-up
1: i wish i have known that because i would have asked him eddie he was on the show and i had him on he was a yeah. great guest man went yes you know was. we went down memory lane and just yep. hearing his take on comedy now and where he is in life it was more just about um his 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 perception of happiness and where he is oh now. yeah like, we of course we got into a heavy discussion about that but you know yeah. the world of the world of three-hour stand-up jesus christ i've never i mean I would say Chappelle's probably the only other community that I know that will go on stage for a significant amount of time.
2: I brought, I, I don't know if you remember the very first time Dave Chappelle did eight hours at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, yeah I, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know, if, did you ever hear about that? Did you know about that? No! Okay, so let me tell you, so I was hosting Chocolate Sundays now. This is a few years later, Chocolate Sundays is the Laugh Factory, which is the other big comedy club in Los Angeles. And I was hosting Chocolate Sundays, which is probably one of the most prominent black urban comedy nights in in the country right i was the host of that show i took over for chris spencer i don't know 2007 8 six, seven, something like that and dave wanted to go up i brought dave up at the end of the night which i think was about close to 10 o'clock and, and i'm not exaggerating this at all i brought dave up at 10 o'clock dave came off stage kevin at 6 a.m And when I say 6 a.m., I'm not talking about 3.30. I'm talking about I brought this motherfucker on stage at 10 o'clock. And I sat there and watched this room dwindle from 250 people down to about 45. But when I tell you, he stayed up there for eight hours and just kept going. And I sat there for every single minute because I needed to see how.
1: Dave, I would never... I would never call you a liar because you're my friend, but I have a hard time believing that anybody can tell you stage. Let me tell you, me tell you how
2: crazy it was. And this is another lesson that we learn as comedians. How long we can take a joke and put it in an incubator. Dave did a joke that night about how he's so good at stand-up that he can write a punchline and then find and go back and do it later. This was 2007. Sticks and Stones came out. He did the joke. On sticks and stones, mm-hmm. so I kicked her in the pussy. The whole joke about that joke he did that night. That was oh, wow. Kevin.
1: Was from back then. Kevin. It was an incomplete joke back then. He never really perfected it, and he finally got back around. It, <laughs> I can believe that. I can. I can believe that because that is the that is Chappelle. I can. I can believe that. I can believe yes! that he's a, he's an almanac of material, and when and where yes. it presents itself, he doesn't know. I can I can believe that. That's a hell of a story.
2: It was all those moments and those are the things that you see as you journey as a comedian and you realize, oh, how far I got to go. How and And what's okay? Mm-hmm. It's okay to do this. It's okay to, you know, to sit in it. It's okay to let shit sit in an incubator for however long it needs to. You learn all of that shit as you keep going. And now at this stage, while I'm finally starting to get the light that I feel like I deserve. It feels good to have had all of these lessons for so long. Because now, you know, everybody's starting to see me. And they're like, where the fuck you come from? And I'm like, nigga, I've been here a long time.
1: Here's what I love the most about you, right? And I'm very honest with you. I don't I don't lie to you. I don't I don't patronize you. I'm very honest You've with you. You've always been. Your yeah, your yeah. happiness has come full circle in 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 two different tiers right um as a husband as a father you have you are a you're not just a great dad you're a happy great dad. yeah right like you 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 are you are embedded into your household in the way of a reborn Christian, right? Like you know, like when they, you know, the first time that that hold on, hold on, you know hold that, on, now, you know that Christian that goes back and, and get baptized, they're like, why are you doing it again? They're like, mind your business, all right? Like you, yeah, just mind your business. Your your involvement. In home, in marriage, like yeah. the way that you just have incorporated yeah. them into your world, not just in stand up, you're yeah. vlogging, the, the way that you're presenting yeah. your life, dude, is such a light on you while you're doing that. And I think that, I think that the success that you're seeing in your career, it's following the success that you've seen in, in that right and and getting getting in there and doing that work like and as a guy that was in the same space of you know the turmoil marriage whatever the ups and downs yeah oh yeah you did the work and the work is the work is like visible it's visible that the work is paying off and do your happiness, I'm telling you, has a lot to do with your now. Yes. Like agreed. the, the things that you're talking about, the passion that you're talking about it with, I mean, that's where that's where I see your true success. And the secondary levels of success are now following. Right? Yeah.
2: Exactly. That's great. That's true.
1: That's that's my perception. But not to be confused
2: with it still be the bullshit at the house. We still, we were still Absolutely. married. I still got teenage daughters. I still, yes. I still have packed my bag several times and thought about leaving. Yes. I, I have yes. said, I'll be back. Go, I'm going to get some bread and did not plan to come back on more than three occasions. Like, like, like I don't want nobody to think that it's perfect. What it is, yes. is that I'm very transparent and real about what I believe this thing we call marriage and kids and all that shit is to be, You know what I'm saying? And you know what? Why, why are we talking? Because you, this is one of the things I do know. A lot of people do not know who I am. A lot of people do not know my journey. And before we even go any deep, I just want to make people understand, not only have I been doing stand-up for 28 years, I've been writing and producing television at a level for about 15. You know what I mean? From House of Pain and Meet the Browns to Real Husbands of Hollywood that I wrote and produced for you to Fuller House that's on Netflix that I wrote and produced bigger, which is on BET Plus now. Uh, I now created a TV show that's just recently became the number one show on Nickelodeon called That Girl Lele. And we just got picked up for season two. And we premiered two days ago. And we also got picked up on Netflix. We're streaming on Netflix now because the show has done so well. They just picked up another whole block of episodes I have my second Netflix special that's coming out July 19th I've been doing this for a minute and like you said it's been a lane that I've been in as far as all of my stand-up and all of my identity has been the same from the beginning even before Mm -hmm. I was married with kids if you went and listened to my very first comedy seated I did in 2000 was called because I got to go to work in the morning and it was all you look how you get CDs, you got the tracks, and it says how many minutes each seven Of the 56 minutes, 24 minutes of it is my family. That has always been my thing. I believe that that is the most relatable subject. It's the most relatable topic because you either, you have parents, you are a parent, you have kids, you've been a kid. Like, I don't, it cuts through everything. And that's my wheelhouse. It's what I find the most interesting. So when you say, yeah, you've watched my internet vlogs and all the stuff on social media that I started posting two years ago that just exploded. The thing that is people I think relate to Kev is the realness and the transparency that I come and I approach these. I don't try to make it look like we're perfect, like me and my wife Julie and the girl, like it's a perfect thing. It's what you see. I be cussing people out and I be getting cussed out. You know what I mean? And that's what I think a real family and marriage and life and shit is and I take that to the stage and I live in it and I own it.
0: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned, just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. but make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. What I like outside of, of
1: course, you know what you just said, like okay, to what you just said. You've worked, right? You've been an acting work. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, worker in this business, writer, producer. Yeah. But but Dave, there's also been like you know you went through a, you went through an angry phase, right? I remember when there was sure. A- there was a there was sure, an angry phase about what the fuck, you know, when is it when is it my turn? Like one of these motherfuckers oh God, yes. gonna give me a shot. Why? Like what yes. what, what do I have to do? What yes. like, that that thing isn't there anymore? It's not the same. And we no. used to joke around and play with you about it. And it was fuck you, Kevin. I'm so sick of you and your goddamn success. success. But, you know, yes. it, was, it was making you aware, like Dave, it's gonna come. What is it that what calmed that monster in you down? What is it that made you go, you know what? It's happening the way it's supposed to happen. When when did you get that realization and that comfort with your with your progression? Right? right. Instead of right. instead of looking at looking at it when it was, you know, quote unquote, when it was stabilized, when you were when you yeah. were on a, when you were on a, the, the surface and looking around, but wondering why you weren't moving at a certain speed, what changed to make you accept the the growth and the pace and what you were growing at?
2: Um, it was probably right after we went out, you know, a few years ago, we went out to sell a TV show called Divorce Save My Marriage, mm-hmm. which we, you know, we so remember we sold at Hulu. Remember that? Yes. Me and you, yes. and Devon. And
1: I think... Well, fun fact, that's the only thing that I've ever sold at Hulu. Was my show? <laughs> was your show. I've been in business with every, every, every entity in Hollywood I have worked with, sold, developed... <laughs> done i got one project that i sold at hulu and it was and it was yours that's a that's my claim to fame at hulu is i got one they they took one they took i i
2: think that that whole journey we started at hulu we developed it went south it went to bet you know which is a huge jump. went to bet went over there started developing got ordered to series and then the president of the network switched. People don't know about the business. And when one regime leaves and a new one comes in, they get rid of all the shit that they ain't got nothing to do with. Now, I thought that Kevin Hart being on this would save it. And it did for a minute. But then they came with the whole, and as you know, people don't know about this business. They came with the David Arnold is not a name. He's not marketable. He don't. I remember he don't look like what a black man should look like. All this shit. Mm-hmm. And that hurt mm-hmm. me bad, especially coming from a black mm-hmm. network, right? Because I've been it—it is—it's it, it's painful for somebody to tell you you're not black enough, and it's black people telling you that when you know I've been through the black shit my whole life. So now you're stripping me of my 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 experiences in my life, and you telling me because I don't look like mm-hmm. what you think I should look like, I'm not. And when that went away, it really crush me. And that was like 2015, maybe 16, right? Maybe maybe 16. Yes. And it was in that moment that I realized I was going to have to find a way to take a better control of my destiny. And I could not just sit and wait or sit and put all the power in other people's hands. Like, oh, I hope Mm -hmm. they So this was during the time when the social media comedians started to pop, the King Batches and all the, you know, the Shulers and all these, you know, these dudes started posting these little videos on Vine. And then, uh, you know, and I started, I'm very good at when I see something, I can figure out what the format is and I can progress inside of that. I'm Mm -hmm. very good at that. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, when all I could hear was that person at BET saying, he's not marketable, he's not marketable. He's not marketable. That's all I heard. So I picked up my phone and I started taking time and posting videos and rants. And I went back, Kevin, and I took all the stand up material that I had been doing 15 years prior and I started turning it into the format in which they consumed it at that moment, which was on. I love and I just started, bam, your wife, your kids, same wheelhouse, same jokes. They don't even know. And you can't send a video out that's three minutes long. If I send you a video that's three minutes long, you ain't looking. But if I send you mm-hmm. one that's 59 seconds, you gonna watch that. And I've got mm-hmm. these motherfuckers 59 <laughs> seconds at a time. And I've posted every fucking day for- mm-hmm. I remember. And I went
1: from I remember. zero
2: to now, I have millions of followers on all my platforms. My, my Facebook page has been translated into five different languages in four different countries. Like, shit, I didn't even know what's happening just because I just kept doing the work. And then that started to change. And then I started to realize I have to do this at my pace, my way. And I needed to go through what I went through with you so I could slow down and figure out other ways that I could find a way to get my voice out there and show that I am marketable, that I do have a point of view. And that I belong in the conversation with the people who are the best at what we do because I put in the fucking work. And that's how I got there.
1: Yeah, I mean that's always I think it's always been the the conversation um you know sure. at hand. Sure. The one between us sure. is like is just like the the David, like you you don't realize you're good. Like David, you you're talented, like you're so so it's not the convincing you of it you know it too but your frustration is like that's my point what the fuck is their problem right. like I right. am right, right. And, and I remember even was like until this day like you know my support my company's yes. support and in backing Incredible. you and and standing yeah. with you is is not one of friendship but one of not nah, as motherfucker got yes. the goods and it's yes. gonna happen I just want to be a part of it when it happens for them however we can or yeah. I can and I remember going through that through that period that we're talking about of trying to develop this TV show on your behalf and feeling like we had it, then it yes. didn't. Then we get another yes. shot. They did it. It's yes. ordered. Then yes. oh my god, it. it didn't. I remember being on the outside like fuck, man. I hope this doesn't act as a major low for him. I hope he sees like we got it yeah. here. Like we yeah, yeah. we we took some shit out. We sold some shit, and it was based off of his idea, his writing. If anything, that's the encouragement yeah. for him to go okay. I can do this sure. whenever sure. I want, I create, I can have ideas, I can bring things to yeah. the table. And I was saying, this is the, this is the, this is the look behind the door that shows him what he now has access to at, at his discretion in relationship and opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that low that you're speaking of ended up becoming a high. Yes. The way that I wanted it to be for you, it was the way that you went and found another way to do exactly what I'm saying, which is create. You went and just recreated within yourself and within your world, and found a way to put your face, yourself out there, so that when I come back to you guys, well now I'm standing on solid yes. ground, and the ground that I have has some analytics yes. behind it. Don't tell me I'm not marketable because here, this shows exactly. I am. Now I'm out on the road and the comedy club tickets, the numbers are changing. Yes. I'm selling out. My my I'm I'm now a, a headliner. By the way, I've been one, but now my business, my business matches, matches what I say.
2: Exactly. It
1: matches. And and I love that everything has lined up for you the way that it has. And your journey, dude, your journey. Your journey is a, is your journey is what the fuck is supposed to be. Like for like for us, without the hardship and without the without the goddamn the what the fucks, like do you really want the journey? No, you don't you
2: you think about all of those moments. Kevin, one of the stories that I remember about you, and this is the thing, I'm very the things that inspire me are the thing are people who push through. That's what inspires me. When I read books, I read autobiographies of people who have become successful and what pulls at me the most is all of the dark times like you said David what's the dark times when you got i think it was the tv show uh is it cabs house what was it called what was it called? Big, big house, house. and mm-hmm. they picked it up the series you went to upfronts they flew you out here you was going coming down the elevator to go to the upfronts and they stopped you on the ele- out coming out the elevator and said they canceled the fucking show and you went back up the elevator mm-hmm. and crumbled in the fucking elevator. Yeah. People do not understand that it's the crumbling. It's in the crumbling that we rise from the ashes and become fucking what next? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And and so like those, when I hear that story, when I heard about it and I heard about that, as your friend. We've been friends Kevin. I went to the hospital when Heaven was born. Yeah. I was standing there like me and Chris like we the people don't understand like we've been around each other for years. Yes. And those are the moments that I hold on to and I know if he can push through that then I have I have to have those moments. I don't get to just go be great and not have some shit to crumble and to make me Feel a way. I know that. So when they come now, when they happen, my attitude about them are, is different. Age, of course, man. You know what I'm saying. I'm 10 years in front of you. Uh, nine years in front of you. Age is a. Age makes you just go. I can't make it happen no quicker than this happened. It's gonna happen. How it's supposed to happen. When it's. But I know this. I know I came to Los Angeles 25 years ago, with two address. No, three addresses to three comedy clubs the Laugh Factory, the Improv and the Comedy Store. I did not know one single person, not one. I didn't know nothing about this business. I didn't know nothing about where to go, what to do. And I walked up and down that strip on Sunset between the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store. I can't tell you how many times I stood outside that club for four hours only to find out that I was outside on the wrong day. Mm. Today was not the day. For mm. open mic. And I would come back and do it again and again. And now I'm here in New York right now. I'm right around the corner from Times Square. And I remember being here doing fields. And I'd been doing, I'd been doing stand-up six months at the time. This was 25 years ago. And I had to do 30 minutes that night to get my $150. And I needed that $150 so I could pay my room rent that night, which was $75. I had my suitcases with me at the club. Cause ain't no leaving your shit in the world. You know, right. you know,
1: you know, you know, you I was know, you staying. can't do that. Not with, yeah. the, not with the little yeah. steam you on take the it wall. Yeah, you. you better take <laughs> it with you. Exactly. Cause we, we selling <laughs> your shit if you leave it here.
2: That's, that's, that's where I was at Kevin, right? I've been doing stand up all of six months and I got to do this 30 minutes. And I go out and I'm like, okay, I got 20 good minutes. Then I can start doing some songs and shit. And I can get through this 30- <laughs> <laughs> 30. I can start going, y'all remember this? Remember that song? I, I know I can get to this 30 minutes and get this $150. I can go out there in that room, Kevin, room hold 350 people. It was two people in the showroom. There so there's no hype, there's no singing, yeah. there's no. I had to get through that. I I don't know how I got through that 30 minutes, but I know I was struggling. And I got that $150. And I remember that was my first New York experience. Tomorrow, I'm here. I was just in Connecticut performing at the Stress Factory. I came down here. I'm going to be here today and tomorrow. Tomorrow morning in Times Square, my billboards go up all over Times Square to advertise my Netflix special that comes out on Tuesday. And I'm fucking staying here and I'm gonna walk down there and I'm gonna stand there and I'm gonna look at that shit and I'm gonna remember all the fucking times that I was told I could not.
1: That's huge, man.
2: You know what I'm saying? And so like I, dude, I I am learning to celebrate whatever because you know, this might be the last billboard, Kevin.
1: (laughs) 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 He goes through an amazing, an amazing story of Hardship, blood, sweat, tears, bleeding. Let me tell you something, you don't quit. And let me tell you nothing, I I got through it. I got through it. And tomorrow morning, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna have my billboard and I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna take the same walk that I took down there to Dangerfields. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna look at this goddamn billboard. And Kevin, you know why I'm gonna stand there and I'm gonna look at it for so long? Because it might be my last fucking billboard. I I don't really know what's happening, Kevin.
2: I I need to look at it before they realize it was a mistake and take that
1: motherfucker down. That's how I feel. What are you talking about? This is number two. Kevin. This is number two, brother. Yeah, you this did is it. Number, this you is. did it the first time and it was so nice they came back and they asked you to do <sighs> it twice. What do you mean? It this was, doesn't this is not a mistake. This is not an accident. Yes. It's not an accident. I know. And, I know. and the beauty, I know. the beauty of the eyeballs that will that will watch and enjoy your special is that it's global. It's global, yeah. right? You get an opportunity yeah. to build on an audience, man—not just here in the U.S. You get an opportunity to pick up some international love, and I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited because I know how excited you are. I'm excited to put up a yeah. post and say, "Go support my guy." I'm excited yeah. to say he's funny and really and really mean it, right? Like I'm—I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited yeah. for you to say, "Damn, it—it it is working." It is yeah. it is paying off. Like that's yeah. that to me is the yeah. dope thing. I don't I don't think yeah. that there's a that there's another that there's another craft that tugs on the emotional strings of what you're doing more. I know no. that people will say music. I know people can say the world Shoot. of entrepreneurs. I know that they will say corporate. I know that you can say probably education. I know that there's an opportunity yeah. to say so much. I'm telling you for a fact, the art of making people laugh is not only a hard one, yes, but the goddamn commitment to have people judge what? you on a daily basis. <laughs> Look at you looking at you like you stupid ass. (laughs) No, no, nigga. Like when you get that, What are you talking (laughs) about? Like to 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 do that? (laughs) Uh, uh. (laughs) Here a bunch of those. You know, uh uh. it's so funny, it's so
2: funny you say that because like I swear, you people don't understand everybody that talks to me about stand-up, and as I like I said, I've listened to most of your interviews on here. And the parts that always hit me the hardest are the real conversations about the art and the journey. It's not the celebrity, it's not the Grammys or the Oscars or the Emmy. It's not that. That's the byproduct of the love for what mm. we do. You know what I'm saying? I was last I was performing in, in, in at Stress Factory in, in Connecticut, and a guy pulled me aside. Who watched Fat Ballerina, which was my first Netflix special that came out, that you also were kind enough to, and I've never told people this, and I gotta, and, and and I have to. I wanted to do when the TV show that we were doing was supposed to happen, attached to that TV show that we tried to sell at Hulu then BT was mm-hmm. a stand-up special for me. And when the TV show went away, the people who were going to do my stand-up special all of a sudden mm-hmm. got busy, right? And they went away. And they offered me, we went from, we're gonna to fly to Cleveland, your hometown, and film this special to, you know, we're filming Michael Yo's special on whatever night, and he has a free slot. We'll throw you on in front of his audience and see what we get. That's literally what they said to me. And I was like, man, fuck that. I'm not taking my shit that I've been working on forever and going up on a Thursday night in Glendale, you know what I mean, in front of like, I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about, right? Like, I was so offended. And I said, fuck that, I'm gonna do it myself. If I'm gonna get something out of this journey. And I did some numbers, I went and called a production team in Cleveland, I did all this research, and I called you on the phone, and I said, Kevin, I wanna do this. And I explained it to you, and you said, how much? And I told you, and without within 72 hours that money was in my account. Now." What you don't know is I had no other money. We were broke. <laughs> you understand? So now I have this injection of money, and I'm going. Do I shoot this special? Or do yes. I live off this money until something like literally <laughs> that, Like 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 the, the struggle. Yes.
1: You think about that. Yes, this. rightfully so.
2: But I was like, yes, and I was like, no, no, stay focused, and do this shit. I shot that special. I went to Cleveland. I shot it. I did all the work. I edited it, I directed it, I did everything, and I brought it back to you and Dave Becky. And you looked at it, and you said, let's take that shit in, and you gave it to Netflix. And they put that shit on the air, and the, the day they put it up, Kevin, the whole pandemic happened, and they shut the country down. And everybody didn't have shit to do but watch it, they watched all, the re- they watched, they watched all your specials, four extra times. Then they got sick of listening to your shit because they knew about art. And they're like, who oh, this little light skinned nigga. Beauty the beauty
1: of pain. <laughs> the beauty of problem. Exactly there has to be a solution somewhere.
2: It was the perfect storm. Yeah. And they locked me that they locked everybody down. The country was at home and people watched Fat Ballerina and it broke the top ten. Hey. And that's how I
1: started. I'm telling you now, man, yeah this it's none of it is an accident. Right? And, and I know. You, I think this story that. it's like I just can't wait for you to truly be in a space where you can tell your story in its entirety, right? Like it's yes, like, agree. you know, for, for the younger generation of comics, uh, even an older generation, right? Like we, we still need to find, yeah. we need to start find some get up and go. And you agree. You have a story full of that. I'm gonna tell you what, what the synergy that I see in you, um, and and uh another comedian this isn't comparing but it's just to show you like what i mean when i say synergy earthquakes now moment
2: yes i know i knew you was gonna say that i'm so happy for him couldn't be happier yes
1: for somebody in comedy i couldn't be happier for a better person a a positive person loving dude and and a man Of not only the people but of the craft. And when you look at his now rise, yeah, I mean, you're talking 30 (laughs) plus years in the game. 30 plus years in the game. And when it when it was time and it was right, it happened the way it was supposed to. And now Quake has tour dates up. Quake is doing theaters and you know, he's doing I mean he's doing he's doing his own. His own thing, his own tour, but on a different scale with a different lens attached to him, and yes, and to plan, the timing. And the only place right. where I'm talking about the synergy is you're in two. This, these are two comedy dogs right. that don't leave a room turned fucking not upside down. Like y'all, yeah. motherfuckers have gotten Thank down you. for the longest, <laughs> and that time, that time comes, man. It's undeniable when you do the fucking work. Mm-hmm. It it has no choice but to pay off. You're right. When and where, we can't put a definition on, but it will pay if off. If you keep going.
2: It man, will. If you keep I I'm so happy it's for Quake. I'm work. so happy for him, man. I re, I remember the Quake was Quake was murdering when I started doing stand up. And I remember when I I went to Atlanta one time to perform. I had been doing stand-up three months, man. And I went to he owned a you know, he owned a uptown in Atlanta. And I went he whoo! And he went up and murdered the room, then brought me up with my little, I had a vest on. I knew I was in trouble, because I had a vest on. And this motherfucker lit that room up so bad, it swallowed me whole. I could not, Kevin, it's like, it's like walking amongst rubble. Like a building came down and you're looking for your remote control. Inside the rubble, it was it was useless for me to go up that day. and. He was, and now to be on stage, yeah. And to see him now, man, it, it it makes me so happy.
0: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing.
2: The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast.
0: It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show, because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's Julie's take on her husband and his ambition? And, you know, like... uh,
2: i got to be honest with you. She's always been the same. My wife has never not believed... Mm. Mm -hmm. She's never, you know, my wife is, Julie has had her own incredible career being the Mm -hmm. third African-American woman to dance online as a New York Radio City Mm Rocket. hundreds of commercials, hosted a TV show on ABC called Made in Hollywood for 10 years. She's interviewed you at the Junkets many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my wife has been very successful in that. She's been, she toured with Jimmy Buffett for many years. She's done this at the highest level as a Broadway dancer, like, She knows the business. So from the beginning, like from the beginning, when she met me and I was working during the day as a nurse still doing stand up at night, my wife has always been in my corner. She's always believed in what I've done. She's never once said, oh, you should. When I quit my day job and we were struggling and I was selling DVDs outside the comedy union in LA, you know, she tells the story how I came home with $150 one night because I sold 15 DVDs for $10 each. And I gave her that money, how proud she saw, the pride she saw in my face. She said, from that moment on, I knew you were doing something that you loved, and it kept you alive. Mm -hmm. And so she ain't never been nothing but 100% in it. Like, you know, now with these videos and shit that we do, Julie is more popular than I am. Yeah, People who follow me on social media, dude, I did my Netflix as a Jokes uh, performance in LA. And we came out the improv, you know, it was packed. We sold it out and Julie got mobbed. We had to get her out of there because these people love my wife because they listen to this dude talk shit and a wife who's behind him neutralizing this big mouth. You know what I'm saying? And she's just, my wife is, she's Julie has just been, well, she looks better from, than you. She looks better She's than way me. better looking. And that ain't yeah. hard. So let's not, let's
1: not, <laughs> let's not skip the obvious. Yeah,
2: she, so just, my kids, yeah, my yeah. kids don't, my kids, Anna Grace, my oldest. Anna Grace don't give she don't give a damn about none of them. She's mad that her friends follow me. She's mad that I'm on TikTok. She don't give a damn about she don't care. nothing. I'm, oh my God, no. Dad,
1: get your stupid ass me. off TikTok.
2: She is like, please, you are embarrassing me. But they, I—they came to the special that I recorded, the one that's coming out uh, in two days. They came January nine, ju- I'm sorry, July nineteenth. July, Jesus Christ. July nineteenth, July nineteenth. Damn
1: it, got <laughs> you on here so we can talk about the goddamn <laughs> special, and then you want to, yes. you want to fuck it up. This is what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> I ain't ready. This is what
1: I'm talking about. You're not Watch ready, it. David. What? <laughs> Cut the whole goddamn
2: interview off. <laughs> No, the watching the girls watch me in that theater record the special that night was dope for me because they never really seen me like that. And I saw them see, I saw them see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for, for me, the only thing I want is for my children to know that I had something I wanted to do. I came out here with nothing and I've turned it into something. There you you know, know what I mean? And that's and I think that's the best lesson. You can give kids that if you keep working and you like you said if you keep going and you keep grinding you are gonna find it and shit happens that I didn't expect to happen I expect to have this this TV show that I got that I that I created it makes me only the sixth black man in the history of television to own and have my own created by show with that mm-hmm. girl Layla you know what I mean like I didn't expect none of that Will Packer called me on the phone and was like dude I got this idea you want to see you know this little girl, you know, I was like, man, fuck them kids. I ain't trying to write no show for no kids. <laughs> and then I found out how much.
1: And I said, like, okay, Wait, man, I can you know, think what? Of I'm do my research. Let, me let me do my research. Give me give me yeah. give me a couple days <laughs> to just lay some stuff down. Let me lay exactly. some stuff down and get back to you. Yeah.
2: And I just took all of them jokes and all that family material and all that kid material. I started running it through this format that I put together. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's killing. My daughter's a reoccurring actor on the show. I mean, like, dude, I got, I got, (laughs) I got everybody working. So it's a blessing.
1: Yes. By the way, that's what's supposed to happen. Exactly. Where do you see yourself now? What What else do you want? Right? I mean, like you know, um, you, yeah. You've You've made it clear where your successes come from, and uh, being creative and being a writer yeah. and being behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. You've made it clear that your yeah. love for stand up comedy is 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 love that has no age. Like you're you're through the roof with with your commitment to this. Yeah. Um. What do you? What else? Like, what's the what's the other thing? Uh it's I'll, I have two things
2: that I want to do that I'm going to do, that I am doing, that will make me really feel full circle. I want to have my own TV show. I want to play a father and a husband on TV. I've wanted to be that before I was married and had kids. From the day I came to LA, I never wanted to be in the movies. I never wanted to be a cop running through the streets like Will Smith with your shirt up and I ain't doing none of that bullshit. I want to I please I don't, don't want to do none of that shit. Nothing
1: with your goddamn shirt open. Dave, if you if I don't ever ask for nothing, if I don't ever ask you for nothing, Never please see
2: me do that. Yes. I've always <laughs> wanted to be a father on TV. That's what I've always wanted. And I think it's because of the strong father figures I have. My grandfather was one of the funniest people I ever met in my life. My dad, my stepfather, my my biological, like all of these men who make who make me who I am, I've always wanted to share a part of that with society so we're in the middle of you know me you and your company are in the middle again of developing another show based off of swinging this me, swinging back at yeah. it. swinging back at it based off of this day yes. off of this point of view to children and that and i want to develop a show i want to do that and i want to continue to tour we start you know i have a new tour that we're announcing in a few weeks called uh pace yourself we got dates, you know, we have over 40 cities that we're doing and we're going into theaters. You know, we have, we have, I think I have about 15 theaters booked. This new material, David? And Kevin, let me tell you something. This is, wow. let me tell you something. This is the beauty of doing stand-up for 28 years and nobody giving a fuck. Ain't the nobody machine. put, it ain't never been on a national stage. So when I did Fat Ballerina, I put that out. Now I just did it, it ain't for the week. I put that out January 29th. I recorded it Ain't for the Week. I have not done that set since that night. The next week I was in Columbia, South Carolina performing. I did a whole new hour of 15 minutes, which I'm doing now. Now I'm doing about an hour 30. And of course, you know, when you do it, you know it gets, it starts and then it gets tighter and tighter. Yeah. I I'm I'm strong hour and 12, 15 minutes on a consistent, and this is a whole brand new
1: to work. Hour and 12 to 15. Easy. Easy. I'm 59 oh, 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 oh. 59 43. But well, nigga, you got nine specials. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they said you know mean? they said, Kev, we Kev, you do an hour special. My shit cut off at 5943. Put it in a can. Kev, right now you had an hour eight. No, no, no. We got to trim that. That's got to come in it. 59, 50, 54 at the highest. Are we too long. And you know what's crazy?
2: When I did, it ain't for the week, I did an hour 20. When we put it on the, when we got, when we did the final cut, it was an hour 20. I was like, cut that shit back to 60 minutes, right? Because I also, in my special, there's a 22-minute documentary that follows. And it goes, you meet my family, you meet my wife and kids, my dad. You get to meet all the people and see the journey as I prepare for this special that I
1: just shot, yes. which is dope. I mean, it's a you your made your special special, by the way. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a unique, it's a unique look, it's a unique approach, um, and it's—and it's different, right? It's something that we haven't seen, and I love the creative idea, yeah, uh, behind it. I think, I think, I think your fans, and I think people that don't know you're going to gravitate um, towards it just because you're—you're—you're you're, you're making it. You're—it's not only authentic, but you're solidifying it. Here's the proof. What I'm saying is real. Right.
2: Exactly. Right. Yes.
1: It's, it's a great, it's a great move. Yeah, it's dope. It.
2: It's it 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 came out really well. I'm so excited for people to see it. You know, I, I'm so excited for people to go on the ride and the journey that I go through. I talk about, you know, I talk about my drug addiction and being sober for 20, 25, 24 years now. I talk about all the things. You know, I talked about meeting my biological father, you know, when I was 17 in my first one. I I like to try to have moments that are real. You know what I mean? In every one that I do, I try to have real moments. Even the stuff that I'm doing now in this new material, uh, in this new tour that I'm doing, pace yourself. It's a whole nother part of a journey. And I'm so excited. Like when you say, What do I want to do? I want for my name to go up on the marquee, and I want them to come. That's what I want. That's all I I if it's supposed to be a a 5,000 seat venue, then cool. If it's supposed to be a 500 seat venue, then cool. It don't matter what, I just want it wherever it is that they come and they come and see me do what I've been doing for so long. And it's been, man, it's been dope. It's been, I can't, I can't, you know, tell people all the time, you can go to my, my website, davidarnold.com, and you can see all my dates. We're going everywhere. We're going to add international dates next, next year. You know what I mean? We're going to start doing some, some places out there. You know, it's, I'm man, we have the same, you know, we have the same manager and same agents, you know? And so like, it's, when you get a real team behind you, there's nothing like having real people going, Oh, you really want to change. It It changes completely.
1: Yeah. It changed my whole life. You get people with experience. You get people who have been there. You get people who have done yes. it and they've done it correctly. Right. And sometimes, yes. sometimes it's good to do it wrong. So you know what it is. Yes. So you know what it looks like when you do it right. Um, you said something I can't let you skip past it. I mean, you said you've been sober for twenty four years, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever? Do you do you act as a sponsor to anybody, David? Like, are you are you a call for anyone? Yes. You know what's
2: crazy? I am for a couple of people. I don't actively sponsor anybody every single day. Okay. You know what I mean? Like ongoing. I, I have okay. in the past in my career in my sobriety career. I have. I'm not actively right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't go to meetings every single week like I did for the first nine years that I got sober, you know, but I do go, mm-hmm. I got sober at the VA in Westwood in LA. Um, I go back there every, my sobriety birthday to Cinco de Mayo, which is May 5th. I go back to that VA, to that rehab, and I go in there in the kitchen and wash dishes with the guys because that was the chore that nobody wanted to do when you was in rehab. So I go there every year, mm-hmm. and I talk to the guys, and I wash dishes with the guys. I have a meal. I do it every. I've been doing it for 24 years now.
1: Yeah, that's big. I was, just, and I asked that. I asked that just because, once again, because yeah. of the story. I'm quite sure that you know it's uh it can it can be a real uplifting. Um, component to people that are going through what you once went through, just to hear you speak and 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 hear how you overcame and mm-hmm. hear you celebrate being twenty four. Especially, in the, business, in. Yeah, man,
2: especially in the business, yeah, man. Especially in the business, you know, we in we in the business of drugs and alcohol and went like it's all it all that stuff go. I gotta be honest, I I've been blessed and I'm not egotistical enough to think that I'm beyond it, but I just I'm so focused mm-hmm. on trying to do what I'm doing that I don't know man I respect it I just don't I just don't I just don't I don't that's some shit I don't do like I I, inside that glass of champagne or whatever everybody's celebrating it looks great when you're standing on the cliff in Malibu overlooking the water in front of a mansion and everybody's celebrating the million dollar deal and they all click glasses it looks great but inside that fucking glass is the back alleys of Compton and crack for me. I do not fuck with none of that shit. I don't. Yeah. I respect it. There's some things I just don't do. That it. That's one of them. I just
1: no. Well, I'll tell you what you do, do, buddy. You do you. <laughs> you do you very well. Oh my You've god. You done you very well. Uh, and and you know I can't I can't end this without just saying like, dude, you're one of the you're one of the good guys, and I say that often. On here when when I'm I'm talking to guests, and what yeah. I mean by that is one of the one of the good guys, one of the people that that just embrace the real side of life. And by the real side of life, the ups the downs, the the imperfections, right? The yeah. the road and journey that's presented to you. Um, although we can bitch and complain forever, eventually you got to stand up. You got to walk down whatever you got to walk down to get through whatever you got to get through. You've been nothing but a fucking solid dude since I've known you. And genuinely, I love you. Genuinely, I'm proud of you. And I'm excited for the success that's going to come your way, man. This special drops in two days. God damn it. The 19th will be here before you know it. It ain't for the week. will be here before you know it. It ain't for the week. All right. (laughs) This man is talking about himself in ways that he never has man embracing the world of fatherhood embracing the world of marriage and having that aggressive point of view it's edgy it's fun it's funny um and it's for you so please do me a favor god damn it put it in your queue Put it in yes. the queue right now, you heard me. Save it, God damn it. after you do. Go to this man's page, go to his world. He's got everything from websites to, to IGs <laughs> to Facebook pages. David, tell them where they can find you at.
2: Uh, you can go to David A. Arnold and you can find me across the board. You gotta put in the A. If you don't put in the A, you gonna get the white dude that does soundtracks for James Bond, that ain't me. I'm not David Arnold, I'm David A. Arnold. And You can get my TikTok, you can get all my shit, all my tour dates, yeah man, it's, 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 it's David,
1: David A. <laughs> Arnold and the A used to be for anxiety. Jesus Christ. Thank God. Thank God he is calm down. He is a different oh my person God, today. I am old. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Comedy Gold Mines. And oh my God, what an amazing show this was. What did we do? Well, we got inside another amazing mind. And that mind was David A. Arnold, Netflix special, popping. Popping up on the 19th of July. It ain't for the week. Which means it's for you. God damn it. It's for you. Don't be weak. Watch this man <laughs> get down. Well deserved moment, man. I appreciate you and I love you, Dave. Love you too, Kev. Comedy Gold Mines is a
0: serious XM and L-O-L Audio Production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weill. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.